neighbors. My name is Emily Ansnick, and I'm here to say thank you for listening to Jollyville Radio, a semi-fictional variety show about building and celebrating community. Each episode, we feature scenes from Jollyville, followed by an interview with a real-life community builder. This week, we're talking to Kirsten Hill from the Creative Discovery Museum in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Be sure to stick around after the credits to get a peek from behind the scenes. We are super excited to be presenting the second episode of our fourth season. Did you know Jollyville Radio is on Facebook and Instagram? We'd love to hear from you, and we'd love to feature your fan art. You can also help us out a lot by leaving a rating or review and sharing Jollyville Radio with a friend. More information about us, as well as stickers and merch, can be found at jollyvilleradio.com. Now that we have that out of the way, the show starts now. Hello, neighbors. I'm Laurie Gitterdun, and I'm delighted to be your host today for another segment of Backwoods Basics here on KJVR. If you think living a little out of the way means tire chains and all-terrain vehicles, this is the show for you. We've got timely tips, expert advice, and calling questions about all your remote living issues. Ah, the heart of winter. This is the time of quiet solitude, reflection, and rejuvenation. The birds have finished their migration, and all the ground dwellers are safely bedded in, awaiting the arrival of spring. There's no better time to test and repair your potato cannon, with no worries about disturbing our beloved woodland critters. If you're lucky enough to have access to a frozen lake, it's a lot easier to spot your impacts than when you're firing into water. And even better, if you can get out after a fresh blanket of snow, your spud craters will stand out like a sore thumb. But please remember that colder temperatures make everything more brittle, including the chamber of your spud gun. So as you're testing, use a little less air, propane, or hairspray than you do in the warmer seasons. Medical help takes even longer to arrive on winter roads, and shrapnel injuries are no laughing matter. I can tell you from personal experience that they can be literally a real pain in the butt at those TSA checkpoints. Thanks for listening to Backwoods Basics today. I hope you'll tune in another time right here on KJVR. Hi, this is Kirsten Hill of Creative Discovery Museum. You're listening to Jollyville Radio on KJVR. Thanks for coming to play. Stop! Stop? What is it? Do you see something? Do you hear something? Do you smell something? Do you taste something? Do you taste nothing? Oh god, I think I do! Omnipop is the soda of sodas. The drink of drinks. It is the all-cola. The every beverage. The unification of thirst-busting, flavor-quenching, soul-carbonating drinks. taste everything. Oh, I can taste blueberries and unconditional love. My taste buds are soaring like parrots in the jungle. My mouth is racing like zebras on the Serengeti. I am one with the moon and the stars. The zebra corn has smiled upon me. And that's the kind of experience you get with Omnipop, the all-cola, every beverage in stores now. Sky Jolly, your proud regional airline, is always looking to gain altitude. We've heard you. 
and we're happy to announce that we're getting rid of the trade table use fee. Book your next trip on Sky Jolly. Unlike our competitors, we've only been fined for safety violations twice. Take a deep, relaxing breath. Let the troubles of the day fall away behind you as you exhale. Lay on a bench if you're taking a walk. Get comfortable. Close your eyes. Bring your attention to your breath. Feel your body from your head, your neck, your shoulders, all the way down to your toes, shutting off and sinking heavily into that park bench. Relax, breathe normally, and clear your mind. It's time for Haiku for Bedtime. Exhausted skier, brush my face and wash my teeth. Seems like good advice. Ah, aloe vera, solace for my sad mistake. Too much summer sun. What snoring, I say. How would you know about it with those big earmuffs? This has been Haiku Bobad Time because sweet dreams are made of thee. The Jolly Vale Party Line. How can I make your call? Hey, Tammy Sue, this is Tammy Jean. I need to call a meeting of the council, Tammy, right away. I need to discuss the engagement of my daughter, Dory Beth, to some unknown and strange man soon. Of course, right away. Tammy Lynn, president accounted for. Tammy Pearl here, president and accounted for. Tammy with an I. Y'all know I'm present. And I'm Jimmy. Who? Huh? For what reason has the Council of Tammy's been assembled? Tammy Jean here, and here is a lowdown. Dora Beth, my daughter, has gone and run off with some unknown young man and got engaged. <gasps> oh, no. And you ain't even met the boy yet? That's right. And she got a ring and everything. I know nothing about him, except his name is L. Tyler Austin. His family must be from around these parts somewhere. I love a man with two first names. Depending on what the L stands for, he might even have three first names. Who are you? Yeah, who is he? Well, maybe L stands for Larry or or Lonnie. Maybe L stands for Lefty or Lucky. Or does L stand for Lucifer? (gasps) This does seem awful sudden, Tammy Jean. What kind of business is he in? She says he is in the import-export business. He seems to work odd hours. He goes out of town on short notice. 
She says he deals with a lot of people. Maybe he's a trucker. Maybe he's into oil and gas. Oh, good Lord. Maybe he's a coyote. <gasps> and and there's something, it's just very odd about the ring. The inscription said something about carrots, family, and dogs. Oh, how weird. It said carrote, familia, Fedites, I don't know. It sounds very foreign to me. And she is very allergic to dogs. Sounds like mafia to me. Maybe L stands for Luciano. Oh, no. Be careful, Tammy Jean. I hear all kinds of stories of young women being taken, maybe even overseas to Canada, or or even worse, maybe he's a Yankee. <gasps> no, no, no. Mafia types like their women to be good cooks and... No offense, Tammy Jean, but everyone in Jollyville knows that Dory Beth, bless her heart, can't cook to save her soul. Oh, don't I know it. Lord knows I have tried. But here's the thing. I can't tell you how many times she has told me how she overcooked the meal and he called it blackened just the way he likes it. Really? Really? Really. Aw, now ain't that just so sweet. Well, in that case, I say this discussion is over. Tammy Lynn, please call a vote of the Council of Tammy. Order on the party line. Order on the party line. Do we have a motion to approve the acceptance of L. Tyler Austin as fiancé to Dora Beth? <clears throat> I, Tammy with an I, do so by hereforth motion. Do we have a second? Tammy does by henceforth also two seconds the motion. Do we have a Tammy? Who seconds the motion? Tammy Pearl seconds. All those in favor say aye. 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 I abstain. As there are no oppositions, as chairman of the Council of Tammies, I hereby officially approve this betrothal of marriage. Yay! Yay! My goodness, I am so glad that you all approved. I don't know what I would have done otherwise. Tammy Lynn, please bring this meeting to a close. This meeting of the Council of Tammies is now adjourned. All Tammies will commence minding their own business. Well, all right, y'all. I'll see y'all soon. Bye now. Thanks, y'all. Toodaloo. And, uh... When, when can we vote on me joining the council? Well, Timmy, it was nice talking to you. Thank goodness, that was close. Bless his heart. All right. Bye-bye now, y'all. Me too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hello, everybody. Thanks for listening to Jollyville Radio Community Beat. This is Michael Crosa. I am here with Kirsten Hill of the Creative Discovery Museum in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Hi, Kirsten. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How about you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Cool. So, okay, the Creative Discovery Museum. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? Sure. So we are, uh, like you said, a children's museum in downtown Chattanooga. Um, We're one of the best in the region. and we are designed for children zero to 12. Um, however, we think there's a kid inside everyone. So everybody could probably have a good time if you dig 
dig real deep, uh, but we're designed for children and families. What makes us really unique is that we combine art and science in just about everything we do. So we have a handful of permanent exhibits and then typically in a normal year, um, we also have several traveling exhibits that rotate out to keep things uh, fresh for families to come back and play. So um, we are a play-based learning institution. So kids learn best through play. So we give them ample opportunities to do that. And most of the time they don't even know that they're learning things because they're just having such a great time. Um, yeah, it's truly a staple in our community and it, it's quite the gem. Yeah, for sure. And I've uh, gotten the chance to kind of scope it out once. And yeah, I, I, I would love to go in there just myself and just go play around. Well, that's uh, definitely an option. Yeah, I guess it is. I guess <laughs> it is. Um, can you tell me about kind of your role within the museum? Sure. So I'm the director of marketing and communications. So I oversee all marketing and communications and advertising for the museum. Anything from email marketing, social media, press relations. Um, I support, I have one team member. He's a graphic designer. He's wonderful. Um, and we support all of the marketing functions in the museum. So we're like our own little agency within the museums and we support education, exhibits, um, and fundraising. Um, specifically cool. so yeah we're a, a mean lean team with a lot of <laughs> projects on our plate so it's great yeah so speaking of kind of supporting education I mean I, I think you meant that as a department but I, I'm sure that you kind of play a role within the local education system can you tell me kind of what that looks like sure so we actually beyond our local area um, we reach uh, students across four or five states and over 15 counties um, with our school outreach. And honestly, we reach nationally. We have distance learning lessons that are accessed in Puerto Rico and beyond um, that we partner with Oak Ridge National Laboratory outside of Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, so we serve students in that capacity where we take our standards-based lessons to classrooms um, and facilitate lessons for anywhere between um, early childhood to eighth grade and those very, the, it's a wide variety of topics. Uh, so pre-COVID um, in a normal year, we would reach about 50,000 students through that programming outside of the museum walls. Um, that doesn't include students that in um, classrooms that come into us for field trips, science theaters, and et cetera. So that's, it's just us going out. So we are very present um, in our community and beyond, which is, is really special. Man, that's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I think most people are, well, I'll speak for myself. Myself, usually think of a museum as, as kind of this place that's just static and you go and you, and you look at stuff. And what I'm hearing is that it is really not that at all. Yeah, so we're exactly the opposite. So it's a very immersive environment. Um, everything is hands-on. Um, we want everybody to touch everything, which has made COVID especially interesting <laughs> for us. Yeah. Um, and, and children's museums across the country and world, um, I'm sure. Um, so yeah, everything, like I said, is play-based and interactive and um, serves a very specific purpose, but without the child really knowing um, that, again, that they're learning, um, which is wonderful. Yeah, I've kind of I've heard the term uh, informal learning thrown around. Is that kind of what you're getting at or what you're referring to? Yeah, that's to? right. So um, if you think of a classroom setting, that's formal learning. So informal education is play based. So that's that's where our uh, primary focus is. Nice. Do you have any favorite exhibits in the museum? Well, it's interesting because they're all about to be renovated. Okay. So um, we are a, 
almost finished with our capital campaign. It's the first ever that we've done. So we've raised 10.3 million out of $12 million goal um, to All renovate right. every exhibit in the museum. So pre, I'll talk pre-renovation. So we've started with River Play, which is what hands down our most popular exhibit. Um, okay. And so it's getting a major refresh, but still keeping components that people really love. Um, and it's going to be called Tennessee River Play. Open will open spring 2022. So pre-renovation, favorite exhibit. That's a great question. I really love Little Yellow House. It's our exhibit for um, early childhood, so under four. Um, I think why I love it is I've been lucky enough to bring my daughter to the museum with me since she was uh, eight weeks old. Oh, wow. um, and so especially when we were closed and, and meetings were virtual, I could take them in that exhibit and she could play while I was taking meetings. And we did that for quite some time. It's just at that age, it's really magical to watch them just pick up on things and learn um, and interact with other little kids, especially COVID babies who didn't really get a whole lot of opportunity to do that when they were little. Yeah. Um, so I, I really do love our little yellow house exhibit and it will become little farmhouse and be about two and a half times bigger than it is now. Oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah. So I'm really, really looking forward to that opening. Cool. Yeah. And, I, and I'll throw in there too. You mentioned the, the river, was it river play or river park? River play. River play. Yeah. So Chattanooga for anyone who's not from here is like settled along a river and played that plays a really central part of the town's identity and and you guys are just blocks from the river right yeah we're we're pretty close to uh riverfront so we're about two blocks away from the tennessee aquarium which sits on the riverfront so we're very very close that's cool i, I love that idea of like being ingrained in the community and really kind of showing the town and the, the features of the town so yeah it's a really nice connection and um because they can come play inside and then you know we always encourage outdoor play too because that's equally as important uh for children yeah another really cool way that we're connecting with the community is volkswagen was super kind enough to donate a million dollars to our capital campaign and so they are the presenting sponsor for our new stem zone and it incorporates a lot of you know robotics um design tech Testing, building, engineering, things of that nature. So it's like a gateway into the workforce when they're very young, um, specifically a workforce that's really present in our area. So that's a really yeah. good Wow. That's cool. Yeah. If people want to get involved, people want to support what you're doing, how do they do that? Yeah, so we're a nonprofit organization. So we are, um, our operations are funded by grants, some state and federal funding, um, but a lot of community donations. So um, those donations are vital to the programs that we're able to execute in our community. So when people give to us, they're helping us make our community and beyond the best place for kids to grow up um, and truly any amount is great. Um, you know, our admission is 1595. So even just donating that you're providing a free admission for a family in need. Um, so it could be that small to, you know, obviously the big bucks are <laughs> welcome. <laughs> that million dollars from Volkswagen. <laughs> that's right. Um, but you know, we, the small ones truly do add up and that's, what's really important. Um, so we would love to engage the community and your listeners and they can go to our website um, at cdmfund.org. Um, and right now, obviously we're always in an annual campaign, but that capital campaign, we're, we're really, really close to meeting that goal. So um, cool. yeah, anything anybody can do to help support our mission. That's wonderful. Awesome. Well, we will link that in the show notes below. Um, but otherwise, I mean, if somebody's just listening or whatever, where can they find you on the, the web, social media, anything like that? 
Sure. So we're present and active on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and our website is cdmfun.org. Um, so if you just search Creative Discovery Museum, you'll probably find us. Kirsten Hill, it has been so great to have you here in Jollyville with us. We wish you the best of the best. Thank you so much. For Jollyville Community Beat, this is Michael Crosa telling you to get out there and make a difference. See ya. The cast and crew of episodes 401 and 402 include Uncle Asar Alcabalon, Emily Ansonek, Michelle Darcy, Michael Crosa, Jamie Davis, Norman Davis, Richard Dairy, Brian Green, Liz Hagler, Nick Hockstra, J.B. Skurlock, Michael Stanley, Matt Waite, and K.Y.'s Denton. Jollyville Radio is a member of the Pizza Rice Podcasting Collaborative. This recording was made in accordance with social distancing and produced in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Direction and music by Michael Crosa with social media help from Liz Hagler. Our talented editors are Jamie Davis, Richard Davies, and Dr. Monse Santillan. If you'd like to support Jollyville Radio, please leave us a rating, a review, or tell a friend. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Jollyville Radio on both. Be sure to tag us so that we can share your pictures and fan art. You can buy stickers and merch at jollyvilleradio.com. You can also become a patron with a monthly pledge at patreon.com slash jollyvilleradio. The credits were read by the writers of episodes 401 and 402. Uncle Asar Akebalon. Emily Ansonek. Michael Prosa. Jamie Davis. Norman Davis. Brian Green. Liz Raider Hagler. And Kay Wise Denti. We'll see you next time on Jollyville Radio. Hello, everybody. This is Tom Case. And this is Will Stark. Will, could you imagine if we had our own podcast? Dude, could you imagine? What if the Loch Ness Monster was real? Do you think they would open, like, essentially a quote-unquote Jurassic Park for this? Oh, no, like, no. They're not going to let anyone something? look at it. What if your house was haunted? Mm-hmm. Let's say it was a woman. She wants companionship. No. You know what I mean? Like, okay. I'm, not, I'm not talking oh, about, like, okay. love or sex or anything. Okay. You know, I, I was going to bring this up, but I knew you were going to say no, so. What if someone close to you was a werewolf? Set up a camera. Yeah. It would still be a full moon, so she would turn into a wolf monster. Go out in the night, probably kill some people. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, nothing I can do about that. The best in what-if entertainment. Just search Dude Could You Imagine anywhere podcasts can be found. Hello, everyone. Uh, thank you so much for listening to episode 402. This is Michael. I am here with a lot of friends. Let me tell you who's in the room. I got Nick Hoxtra, a new new cast member, Michael Stanley, Liz Raider Hagler, also a new cast member, Richard Davies, Emily Ansonick, and Jamie Davis. Hi, everybody. Hello. Cheered up waved when you said my name out of sheer habit. <laughs> I realize this is an entirely audio-driven uh, medium. <laughs> Cool. So we just heard some fun skits. We heard um, Backwoods Basics, which we did not record in this session. And we heard Council of Tammy's uh, The Judgment Day skit. Um, and Haiku for Bedtime was so much fun. Did it, anybody have any favorites? I mean, I got to go Omnipop, but that's just me. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I think we're going to need to hear more about this zebra corn business. I think... <laughs> 
I think we're going to have to dive into that at some point. I am yeah. waiting on pins and needles. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have uh, to explore that in the future. Oh, sorry. What were you going to say, Richard? Oh, I love the parts uh, in Council of Tammies where everyone gets to speak together and, you know, in editing, you get to just put five people on top of each other. Yeah. Yeah. So if anybody, any listeners, because, uh, you know, we're on Zoom, right? So we can't, um, we can't just all talk at once. Um, so yeah, we have to like layer, do everybody takes their turn. Richard, have you, have you edited those before? What's that like? Yeah, we had a couple, um, I, it was a, a few, I guess, seasons ago, there was a skit where like an airplane flew over and there were a bunch of people talking. And so at one point, I think there were like, it was, I think we recorded three people, but we needed like a whole crowd. So we, I think made it 15 different voices at once and just kind of put them you know, at different start times. So it just sounded like a, a whole group of people. And it's a, uh, it's really interesting seeing the projects before you export them. Sometimes they're pretty gnarly. <laughs> I think gnarly's gnarly's a, a fun, fun word for it. I think too, like uh, with our recording, sometimes the timing and the lack of sound effects. Um, wait, let me say it in the, in the reverse music and sound effects, make it just make it so much different. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What we hear when we're recording, you know, it's just kind of people talking with spaces in between and you sometimes can't tell how it'll come together in an episode, but once you put, you know, some ambient noise in the background or, you know, just some crowd noise, and then you kind of squeeze all the lines together, it, um, it really changes how it sounds. Yeah. Uh, Nick, this is your first time like meeting the group and, and being a part of the group. Did you have any, uh, thoughts or reflections on how it sounded different during recording i'm sorry i'm putting you on the spot no you're good i mean it was it was absolutely nothing like what i hear when i bomb through all all the episodes in a month um i can't wait to see how it comes out um you know i i know it's a huge task to to edit everything together but i know it's going to come out great that proposal reminded me of my proposal to my wife you know two years ago and it had me i was on mute thank goodness because i was i was tearing up i was laughing so parts of it so what happened tell us more yeah oh man um <clears throat> so we met in waco texas and she was getting her master's i was working uh, food service for the school district there and we met because of our two dogs at the dog i got a puppy and a week later i met her at the dog park and so I told her I wouldn't propose until after I was, after she graduated and she kept bugging me, you know, I want to, you know, propose we're ready. We're, you know, we've talked already. And, uh, I said, not till you graduate. So the night before she graduated, I set up a, a fun date night going out to a putt putt bar, which I didn't know was a thing. And, you know, had all her friends in to make sure she had her makeup done and her nails done. Cause she told me she had to have all that done before. And it was a huge process. And, we ended up going to our favorite wine bar and I had met the owner and got to know her and we're sitting at a wine bar playing jazz music and all of a sudden our our country song comes on and everybody's just like wait what I'm like why are they playing country in here and she's talking about her day and I'm like okay you know hang on give me give me a second so I got down and proposed and she turned around and of course the owner was sitting there on Facebook live screaming it and uh, she turned around and all of our family from across all of texas was standing right behind her they were hiding in a back room 
she had she was doing good until she turned around and then she lost it and then we went over to our favorite pizza place where her best friend and boyfriend and then Richard and and her now fiance his now fiance showed up and just it was a night of surprises and but the whole time she's sitting there talking and texting with her sister who's in the back room and she thinks her sister's halfway across the state and I'm just sitting there going like okay and I texted her sister saying stop texting stop texting let me do my thing <laughs> oh man that's a cool story thank you for sharing yeah yeah wow thanks everyone for listening to 402 i hope that you enjoy the next episode which we haven't uh, as of recording this we haven't written at all yet um everyone have a great night bye 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 y'all later Proud member of the Podnuga Network.